Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's Mass. It's your favorite podcaster. Mike is still out, but he's got some words. Mike? <laughs> morning. He's here, folks. He's rejoined. And I know everybody everybody missed him because like, it was like, man, Mass is boring. Where's his sidekick? Where's he at? Where's the man? Where's the man with the plan? I didn't see any of those comments, but go ahead and leave those comments. Yeah, just tell, tell me, uh, feed me tacos and call me beautiful. That's what I want to hear. Actually, that sounds really good. Right, right, right. I like right. that. Breakfast tacos, especially with some chorizo and some eggs and some, some cheese. Well, this podcast is officially yeah. it's, it's officially over. This podcast yeah, is officially over. We're going to get breakfast. We'll see I, you guys. Dude, later. So, so you, you were you were gone for a few days. How did yeah. how did uh, how did it all conscribe itself to you? That does not even describe it. it con- uh, yeah, <laughs> how did it all concave? No, how did it all con? How did it help? Like, are you good? I'm definitely <laughs> concaved. I'm feeling so concaved right now. No, it was wow. good. It was good. I got to see some buddies. I got to, you know, hang out, relax. Uh, it, it's tough though, because I'm an introvert. So like, there's only so much relaxation yeah. that can happen around other people, but it much better than I thought it was going to be as far as relaxation. So that's good. I wonder, I wonder, so, so, so today's podcast, before we get into it, share the video, share this content, get it out there, subscribe, get on our website, the self-evident truth.com. You guys can find out more about what we're doing. We Check have out a new blog. blog. I was going to go Jinx. there. Jinx. I was going to go there. We were, we we were just uh, surround sounding it. That's yeah, so doing. it just adds the, the boom, yeah. fellas. Mm. It adds the, the give, you know. So how, you know, today's topic is on manhood. How, you said you're, you're, you're an introvert. I, I, I would say I'm definitely an extrovert definitely. in a lot of ways. I've gotten more introverted as time goes on, I think, just yeah. patience-wise. But definitely extroverted. I wonder how many people who are actual heroes are introverted versus extroverted. Do you know what I mean? It's an like, interesting question. Because yeah. you look at a Rosa Parks. I'm just going with her for a minute. Because I'm talking. we're talking about manhood, but I'm going with her, right? Yeah. She didn't want to speak. She was just fed up and then bam. You know what I mean? But Martin Luther King was a pastor. So you have to be kind of outgoing and, and kind of have that right. external or extroverted spirit, right? To have. I wonder what the percentage of that would be. Right. Yeah, that's a it's a really good question. Um, I wonder if it, if it's 50 50, because I'm sure there there's those that are on both sides. Right. Yeah. The introvert that that they just see a problem and they know they've got to solve it. And so they step outside of themselves to go solve it. And then you've got the extrovert that are just like in there with the yeah. people. They're headlong they're, charge. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they're Plowing forward. Forward. you know, they're not doing, you know, right. making stupid decisions or anything. Anyways, so we're talking about manhood this morning because, guys, we're kind of missing it. I, I kind of touched on it a little bit when I was on the podcast with Joe, which go check out Friday's yeah. podcast. That was pretty blow. Still bummed I wasn't there. I, I agree. I agree. You weren't. <laughs> you wasn't there, but he was here in spur. I was, I was there in spurt. Yeah, he was here in spurt. And uh, so we started talking about manhood because it was like we could point our finger at the church, but, you know, Christ is the head of the church. So then we're kind of pointing our finger at Christ. Who was entrusted with the church. We were, right? Right. It's one of our finger where it really is. I'm thinking about scriptures like Genesis 126, right? That says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the livestock, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that is on the earth. That is authority. If you read that scripture in context, he gave us authority to have dominion over all these things. But look what he said at the beginning. Let us make man in our image. Now, if you think about the image of God, the character of God, who is so above us, right? And his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, right? Yeah. Would he be shrinking back in the face of adversity? Hmm. Would he make excuses as to why he didn't want to get involved in certain things? Or would he make excuses or would he back down from a fight of the enemy? Would he uh, focus only on manna and not on, you know what I mean? Ooh, that's good. So would he focus more on, making people his idol you know would he make others his idol and you got to start thinking about the character of god if we were made in the image of god right doesn't man we're talking specifically about men we could talk about women too and my wife and someone else could do a podcast on it because i don't 
I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm I'm just not qualified to speak as a woman. I don't I don't I don't I don't know that whole thing. But I'm talking strictly to men here. If we are truly made in the image of God, do we exhibit the attributes and characters of God? Right? Because it's like, yeah, he's we see the fruit of the spirit, but that's the fruit of the spirit. But the character we have should be such like God, so that the fruit of the spirit is done and it's it's rooted and grounded in a solid man right. who is jealous over his family, who will protect them, who is uh, has dominion and, and takes, you know, takes ownership, who has no debt, who has all these things, right. That we're, we're walking in that, those kind of steps. Right. Yeah. And what we're going to go through in this are, are three areas that kind of develop or, or show across cultures of what it means to be a man. And I think this, this whole concept of like God and, and the attributes of God, fit in very well with this because God is a yeah. protector. He's a provider and God's a creator. That's right. right. That's right. You know, God, God creates, God told us, okay, go out, subdue the earth. And what else do you say? Multiply, right? That's right. Be fruitful, multiply. And then he knew our flaws. He knew we were not him. So we were created in his image and his likeness, but we're not him. Right. So then he says, you know what, after Christ, you know, when Christ says, I'm sending you the helper, the comforter, yeah. right? Cause he's going to guide you to the truth. So he knew our infirmities. So God is so above us, right? The attributes of him are still to care for us, still to not that we're, we're, we're going to perish, right? But they're all going to, but then you read the New Testament in Hebrews, like don't despise his chastening. He's still yeah. that God too. Yeah. You know, that, that chastens, that disciplines. We were talking about those wicked men right now. The Bible's very clear. Taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. He's coming back in flaming fire, the Bible says. Obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That that that's some, that, that is his. That's heavy. That's his heavy hand. You know? Yeah, and but yet he's still. And this is something that isn't in this list. Uh, we're we're gonna do kind of a series on this whole topic because we really believe this is important. Um, but at some point we'll be getting into this idea of character. Right, 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 right. right. And and the reason I'm bringing it up is kind of to wet your beaks a yeah. little bit, right? Yeah. Like let's let's start exploring what men should be. And what they are today, and can we compare the two and say we're really, are we on track to be a man of God, or are we off track? You know what I mean. And how do we correct it? You know? And and to your point, that idea of like God always uphold, upholds His own character. True. He's always consistent with His character. He's consistent with His standards. What He sets forth and says, He does. Right. Think about that in terms of humans. We would consider a man somebody who is closer to that type of image than somebody who's inconsistent. They don't uphold their own character. They don't uphold their standards. They, they do whatever they want, whenever they want. And that's, that's something important to remember when we're talking about, well, what does it mean to be a man? It, it, it means upholding an ideal. So the question is, Truth. what is the ideal? Exactly. And we're going to go both scripture and scientifically reason. Yeah, reason. reason and show you how how they really do marry up they, they really, really do, do align yeah 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 and it's one of those things where truth finds a way I mean, i'm not saying all paths lead to god that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying that truth finds a way in each and every culture there, there yeah you can you can ferret out the truth of god in each culture the question is did they deceive themselves away from the truth sure truth, truth will find a way and the difference between what you just said about like all roads lead to god and and the truth will lead us to christ there's a difference whenever you hear yeah. those people say all roads lead to god they never exalt jesus no and the bible says Good that point. if you exalt him right he'll draw them in unto him that he's the only way the truth in life no man comes to the father except through him so when we lift up christ especially through this you're going to see that the truths that are in man's heart that he's like searching for he's looking for really does lead to the father it really does lead to something greater than himself and i hope that that comes through you know through yeah. these through these podcasts because yeah. you know ladies who are listening right now this is not a this is not above you either you know what i mean we're all made in his image therefore we all should have some kind of those attributes those characters of god but right. today we're specifically speaking on men and, right. and manhood right here's how we're going to get into it um there's a lot of great resources and and Yesterday, I was I was doing a lot of research for this, and a, a podcast I'll give a shout out to. Actually, you had mentioned you you were listening to a lot of masculinity podcasts lately, which yeah. it's cool because there there is a wide berth of masculinity podcasts out there. The one that I was listening to yesterday, Order of Man, uh, Ryan Mickler, and it, yeah. check it out, check it out. It, it, Mickler, it's, it's yeah, great. be careful. I mean, I think he uses some choice words, but like yeah. the the idea, the overall idea of manhood is there. Stoicism, 
all these other things, you know? Yeah. And so the we guy, should have, was, we should have him on the podcast. We should I would reach out love to, to get a hold let's, of him. Let's, let's do it. Uh, the guy he was talking to was talking about this idea of, of, um, I hate to use this term, but survival skills, because everybody thinks bear grills, you know, out in the jungle. And that's, that's not really what they were talking about. What they were talking about. And Massey and I were, were having this discussion is it's survival skills. It's the idea that if something happens that uh, throws you out of your process, out of your loop, how do you adjust? So let's say that the, the uh, supply chain for food breaks down. What do you do? That's right. Right. And That's right. being we were able to that. understand that and know that. And, and I couple this with the research that I just did. And it's like, man, I, looking at myself and reflecting, it's like I've got a lot of skills that I need to bring upwards because part of being a man is you solve problems. You 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 find solutions to those problems in order to provide for others. Notice that word provide. Now, the research that I was doing and and keep that context of what I was talking about in that podcast through this whole thing of what does it mean to be a man and, and in a word, self-sufficient yet reliable. Um, but to start out, so I was reading, I remembered these columns from a website called artofmanliness.com. Another great one. If you're a guy, go ahead, check it out, give them a shout out. Uh, but he was using a book as, as his structure called Manhood in the Making by David Gilmore. Now, Gilmore scientifically went through, or, or as an anthropologist, however you want to say it, went through cultures and civilizations across time to try and find a pattern of what's the commonality that they look sure. for in, in being a man. And he found that in almost all cultures and civilizations, there's, there's three major areas, and he called them the three Ps, protect, procreate and provide right, yeah. now people immediately procreate what do you mean you know you just spread hold on in genesis genesis 128 actually says it god said it says and god blessed them and he said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it so what was the purpose of filling earth to subdue it he gave it to us right and have dominion over the fish the sea over the birds of the heavens over every living thing that moves in the earth Notice what's happening in the current discourse is they're telling you you can't have dominion over this because of global warming, because of all these things. But the EPA will come against you and say, we have authority over you to tell you how you should have dominion over your property. Do you see what I'm saying? This is what happens when we get the order of God out of the way and we lose the essence of what God was telling us. We were never supposed to have a man over us telling us our conscience should have dictated how we protect and, and do what we do with the earth, right? So to go along that point, do you notice more and more there's this whole population control idea, stop having kids, uh, abortion, that kind of thing. Couple that with the environmentalist movement of will control the earth, will will have dominion over the earth, right? <laughs> Couple that with don't protect yourselves, let us protect you. You, you can't be trusted to protect yourself with a gun, that kind of thing. Like you notice, I, I'll always say this, Satan will take what God has done and twist it all the time. He'll hollow it out. He'll pervert it. Wherever you look that, that God puts something forth, you can expect Satan to do something to twist that and ruin it. And, and we see that in just what you were describing. Yeah. And I think too, since our, 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 our characters are how we're hardwired from God is all about dominion either taking dominion or submitting to a dominion, right? That's yeah. kind of how we're wired. That's why we turn republics into kingdoms because we want someone else to take care of us eventually because we don't yeah. want to do it ourselves. So if our natural bent being created by God is to be either under a dominion or being dominionative, dominionative, is that, I hope that's the right word. We end up either a taking territory or be submitting or submitting, uh, giving up territory. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. And too long now we've seen the regression of territory. We have given up a lot of these things. Now we're getting it back in the name of Jesus. I'm believing that. But this is where we start. Here's the starting point. Can we be honest with ourselves as men and say, okay, I don't care if there's five, 10 or 5 million watching this. Can you be honest with yourself and say, dang, you know, have I really taken dominion for the things of God? Have I created and subdued and done, you know, done all those things yeah. that he asked me to do, be fruitful and multiply. Now it doesn't have to mean children, like take it into spiritual sense. You can have spiritual fruit and be fruitful and multiply and Absolutely. subdue, right? You can do that. Yeah. But 
for the most part, there's a there's a reason God created us to want to bear seed. You know, I think that's what caught me about that pod, podcast I was listening to yesterday. Is like, if if you really look at these these standards, it's like, yeah. man, I got a long way to go. Not that I I don't consider myself a man. Um, and one of the things that that I point out the in patriot, this, and he's like, of course you call yourself a man. <laughs> well, and and one of the things that that I think I point out in these notes, I'd, I'd have to look back and maybe we'll come across it is. We've got to be careful because, uh, oh, here it is. So people get skittish about drawing up objective traits that determine whether a male is a man or not. A lot of times we'll design our own definitions sure. that we just so happen to fit, right? Absolutely. Better than if we use a, another set of definitions. So be careful of that of going, that's not a definition of a man. Because the question is, why is your, why is your heart saying that? Yeah, exactly. Because would you rather measure yourself up against your own definition? So that way you can say, well, I'm a man, of course. Yeah, and who doesn't do that nowadays, right? It's We're, we're measuring up ourselves against ourselves. And it's like, you're so de- you're so deceptive. You're deceptive and deceiving yourself. In a sense. Yeah. Put yourself up to the standard of God. See what happens. That's the problem with trying to use your own standards, you know? Like, like 100%. You'll, you'll always steer yourself astray. You need objective outside mm-hmm. totally. standards. Totally. Let's get into it then. So protect. This is built on concepts of courage, physical ability, and taking on risk. Mass jump in anytime you want. On sure. this. So no matter the equality of the house, if you hear a commotion downstairs at 2 a.m., 99% of the time, it's the man sent to investigate. Think about that. Now, this, this isn't true statistic, but this is a generalization. If, if we're... We're a culture that is arguing totally for equality, right? Men and women are no different. They're all the same yeah. until 2 a.m. when you hear that commotion. Yeah, majority, it's going to be a majority of men that typically go. I'm not exactly. saying women won't do it. Some have courage. And actually, they all have courage. It's just how they distribute it. You know, right. And I want to I make that clear. All women have courage. How you use it. You can have courage in stupid things, too. You know what yeah. I mean? But it is typically the male that, that gets up and goes and checks for the family. And you know what I mean? He's the one right. that when they call daddy... Because everybody's afraid. What? Why do they call dad? I'm the protector, you know. And we we've tried to go against what we're biologically built and, and driven to do, and yep. that's the frustration. Is people say, "Oh, there's no difference in the sexes." <laughs> no, there really is. <laughs> this really is. This is not just social conditioning. Okay, this is anatomy and physiology. The biological difference between men and women is actually outrageous. It's not close. Now, there's overlap, of course. You, you have two bell curves. Of course, there's going to be overlap. But just to give you an idea, idea, men's average testosterone level is between about 300 and 1,000 nanograms per deciliter. 300 to 1,000. Women, 15 to 70 nanograms per deciliter. Testosterone is absolutely vital in building muscle, regulating sex drive, bone mass, fat distribution, competitiveness, aggression, self-esteem, and dominance. So look at everything test effects and try to tell me that men aren't the more biologically equipped person to physically protect the female from harm and exactly, danger. Exactly. It's like we were rigged that way. It's like we were, we're created. You know what I mean? Like the, the whole natural dominance, like to go hunt, to go fish. It was us that was supposed to be the aggressor. You know what I mean? As men. And it was it. Is it Peterson that says, let your kids be monsters and teach them to regulate that instead yeah. of like, we're trying to protect them. We don't want them to be monsters. No, let them be monsters. Let them explore that. And I know what he's saying. If you hear it spiritually, he's right. Like let them be men and then regulate the behavior instead right. of trying to regulate them being men. You know what I mean? Cause then they won't explore. They won't seek. They won't find, they won't create, they won't do, you know, let them go. Yeah. That's my and teach morality. That's my argument against the whole toxic masculinity thing right. is they, they argue, well, aggressiveness and competitiveness and confidence and, and all of that. That's bad. No, it's just needs to be regulated. It's it's some of the most vital aspects of a man. And one of the things that you, you tend to find across all of these cultures is that this concept of risk and risk is actually associated with competitiveness. So when you're competitive, it's win loss proposition. And you've got to risk something in order to win. That, that's how men are hardwired, right? Now, to, to pull that out, it makes so much sense then why men go to war, why men value war. It's the ultimate competition. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not diminishing. I'm not, you know, but, but war really is the ultimate competition. Somebody says, I want your property. I want your wife. 
I am now in a competition. I'm in a win-loss proposition. And this whole protection measure across cultures, that was part of the, the training and should still be today of like, why are we teaching ourselves how to fight, how to, how to compete, how to be aggressive, how to have confidence? Because then you're in a better position to protect those around you. Exactly. And it's, it's a competition. It is. It is. And if you value it, you're going to fight for those things. You're going to win. You're going to go after it. You'll take the risk. Absolutely. So men are also, women, you can clap for this. Men are more expendable than women. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So a woman's much more valuable to the community in terms of being able to carry the next generation, right? While men are more expendable. Women carry the eggs. They carry the baby to term. They nourish the baby into adulthood. They are the the vehicle of replacing the community men just provide the spark. And so men are, are really replaceable. <laughs> men provide the spark. You replace the ERM spark. with the ARK. <laughs> Erm and arc. Erm and arc. So, <laughs> Sorry. So you we're, we're built to defend boundaries sure. against all invaders. Okay, we stand between our family and destruction. We know women and children are valuable and defenseless without us. So we take on that mantle of self-sacrifice by forgetting ourselves. Well, at least we better. We better. That's, I think that's, and Elijah, you can pop in anytime you want as well. Um, that's the concept of, sell, of dying to yourself. Mm -hmm. Christ tells us, die to yourself. Guess what? We're expendable. Well, I think too, it's like he says, your life is not your own. You're bought with a price. So it's not about you anymore, man. Especially when you get married, the covenant now is you're protecting. It is yours. You're in charge of that marriage, man. You're the ones that are going to answer for this marriage that you have. You're going to answer for those things. And, 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 you know, we can blame our spouses. Right. And ultimately it always takes to me in, in my eyes, it does in a lot of ways, not every case. In many cases, it takes two to tango. Right. Yeah. But ultimately it's going to be on us to answer for why did we let this happen in our marriage? Why did we allow our kids to, you know what I mean? It's on me. It's not on my wife. It's on me. Because I swore the oath before the Lord. I'm the one who told him. Serve and perfect and or protect and all those things. I'm the one that made that, yeah. that covenant. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he puts it on me. And that's okay. It's a, it's an authority structure. You know, and it's just, it is what it is. And you're built to do it. We're, we're, we're built to take on that responsibility. We just have to realize sure. we are. And I think today's culture has really done a number on men in general of, don't take on that responsibility. Don't think that you have that responsibility. Don't think you have authority. Don't be a man. And then we look at stuff like this school shooting. The kid grew up without a father, as far as we can tell. Yeah, look at them. They'll be beasts if we allow them to be. Yeah. If we train them to be. That's, that's, to me, that's the number one problem in the inner city. 100%. You, you think about all of the, the traits that are being shown in the inner city aggressiveness, competitiveness, uh, an attempt at confidence, protection of, of your own tribe. Um, that's, that's all those traits gone bad. Why? Because they weren't trained up. Like men have to be built. Men they're, are not they're, born. They're, they're forged. Yeah. They're, 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 they're put in the fire. It gives them experience. You know what I mean? When they're put through the, 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 the press, if yeah. you will. It's the only way you can form a man, you know, because then it, they have to rise to that level of expectation you put in front of them. It's a true test of a man to put a bar in front of him and say, go reach that. Yeah. It's a true test, you know, and, and, and you may fail, but the lessons you learn through failing teach you to overcome it. Eventually you can, you know, anyone can, anyone can overcome. And it's, you know how you know that? Look at these people who end up like either quadriplegic, they lose their legs, they whatever, right? People who don't were born without legs, whatever, right? Yeah. And look at what they can do and overcome. Yeah. So we don't have any excuses, you know, barring mental, a mental issue. You know, we don't have excuses why we can't overcome in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So it's put into us to want to overcome, to prove people wrong. That's competitiveness. That's just, that's just in the heart of man. You know, it is. And it's good because it, it drives us to, to achieve. It drives us to, to improve standard. to yeah. a standard. And a lot of these cultures, um, the, the whole physicality of, of, wrestling, fighting, all of that is to help develop the, the standing between guys yeah. to know, right? But it, it also helps you understand the guy next to you 
is going to have your back. You can trust him in a fight, right? And, you know, I was talking to a couple ladies, just dear friends of mine. We were talking about, you know, what, what makes men attractive, women attractive, right? All those other things. And what they told me was confidence. You yeah. can, they, like, I'm like, the age old question is, how did that girl get that dude? You know what I mean? Because that dude, ugh, right? <laughs> I mean, you see yeah. it, right? I mean, we've all probably done it, right? You walk in the mall, you're like, how did he end up with her? How did that right. happen? You know, and uh, but it's confidence. You know, they look more for confidence and the confidence is they will protect. They will provide. They will take care of me. They will. You know what I mean? And uh, it was really cool to, to listen. So it's not always about the looks. No. And you know what we've turned into as men? It's all about how we present, which is good. That's not a bad thing. Right. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But our focus now is almost to prove that we look the part instead of just being the part. You it's, know what I mean? It's the difference between gold plated and 100 percent pure gold. Right, right. right. I'm not saying ladies don't want hot men or, you know, good looking dudes. I'm not saying that. They're just saying that the, the, the test is, are they confident yeah. in who they are? Yeah. Are they confident to lead? You know what I mean? That's really the. Right. Do you have something, Elijah? Or you looked like you were leaning into the mic. No, I was just going to agree with all of that. I was, um, I was talking to my roommate last night and I said one of the key defining factors of a man. Um, ironically, we were talking about something similar. I said one of the key defining factors of a man is that a man will always go. He will always strive for what he wants confidently. But most importantly, he will also be patient for it as well. Because people who pretend to be men or even like boys, quote unquote, if you will, will always want what's what they want in the present. And they will always go for what they want in the present, never keeping in mind for the future right and i think that's a big difference between the boy that's and the man right is is the boy just does whatever he pleases he doesn't think about the future he, he's just interested in pleasure whereas the man is very determined to play the long game but produce as opposed to consume i think exactly. i think the boy consumes the man produces i agree you know and we'll we'll get to that in the whole provision thing and so this this idea of protect is is just innate within us and so then we've got procreate p number two a lot of people will be like ah, no no that's that's not the sign of a man there is a difference between hookup culture pickup culture and and the idea of procreating as a man there really is a difference so why do we do what we do as men most often, it's in order to develop and demonstrate the skills to be a good protector and provider. Now, why is that? To attract a woman who we can procreate with and then provide and protect for her and the children. It's, it's that continuing the generations thing. There, there is something innate in us that is legacy. Part of that is building a family and, and continuing the generational line. This is why the, the whole name thing is so important. This is why a lot of guys will, will name their sons junior, third, fourth, whatever, is like you want to continue your generational legacy. You know, it's funny. Why is it, <clears throat> why is it mentioned as pro create pro in the positive yeah. pro in the, like, this is going to be good for man. Right. We almost pre-create, you know, men who are out there just having sex for no reason. Yeah. Other than we pre-create something that we weren't ready to do. Like, you know, it's fun. It's like a, eating the fruit from a tree before it's supposed to be eaten. It yeah. tastes like crap, yep. right? It's the same thing when we try to produce pre what God has ordained for us. The kids are made in the image of God. They're precious. They're you know, all those other things, right? But then we start to want like these liberals or the left or the progressive, whatever they are, whatever they are, who want to kill babies, right? They try to destroy that fruit. Instead of owning up to the fact that we did this too early, Right. They destroy the fruit and say, well, next time. Well, next when time. I want to, when I want to. Yeah. You know, and, and it's they try to determine when the seed should be instead of the tree determining when, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of the timing of God, they try to say, well, we'll tell you when it's ripe. Yeah. I'll tell you when I'm ready. It's like you can't do that to a tree. Either it's ripe or it's not. <laughs> you can't you can't tell a tree how to bear its fruit. It's true. You know what I mean? So it's it's really this instead of procreating, we're pre-creating. And in scripture is very clear that one of the blessings of God children a quiver full of arrows right abraham's whole thing was <laughs> and you're with that person you and your militia are quivers you don't have a lot of quivers you don't knock it off 
just trying to keep my legacy going. <laughs> I'm just being biblical. <laughs> I'm being biblical. I'm, I'm doing what God biblical. told me to do. I'm being a man. <laughs> but but Abraham, the, the promise to Abraham, what was it? Right? As many children as, as the, the grains of sand on the sea on the, yeah, on the yeah, beach yeah, right. and you know, stars in the sky and lots of children multiply, right? And so why why would procreation be important? even culturally, secularly, without the spiritual connotation, look, it's a civic duty. Now this, there's a, a quote here. Uh, when home ties are loosened, when men and women cease to regard a worthy family life with all its duties fully performed and all its responsibilities lived up to as the life best worth up for possible, oop, is the best life living, then evil days for the Commonwealth are at hand. There are regions in our land and classes of our population where the birth rate has sunk below the death rate. Surely it should need no demonstration to show that willful sterility is, from the standpoint of the nation, from the standpoint of the human race, the one sin for which the penalty is national death, race death, a sin for which there is no atonement. No man, no woman can shirk the primary duties of life, whether for love of ease and pleasure or for any other cause, and retain his or her self-respect. Teddy Roosevelt. In other words, it's important. Well, Teddy threw some zingers in there. He did, man. He took shots. So you think about it, it it really does make sense in in just a logical perspective. The number of children you have strengthen the community. They provide for the next generation. Not only this, but your own strength and skill are more likely to be passed on, whether biologically or through training up and therefore strengthening the society. This was shown in the, the Spartans, right? The, the Spartans, if the, now this is a little twisted, but if the baby was not healthy, if, if it wasn't going to be a strong, healthy individual, they got rid of the baby. Because what they wanted was many men who were strong and disciplined and powerful to defend the community. And if you raise strong, healthy biological men, right? They'll provide, they'll protect, and they'll procreate. And they'll they'll push forward. That's good. That's good. It's so important for the it is. Community. It is. I, I want to reread this definition. The word pro. Sure. Because this is it just intrigued me when I saw it. So I thought, let me just look it up quick. Uh, in Latin and Greek preposition, signifying before, forth, probably contracted from the prod. Right. Watch this. In a phrase, pro and con. That is pro and contra. It answers uh, to the English for for and against. In composition, though, the word pro denotes for, forth, and forward. So in other words, I'm forward creating. There's a purpose as to why I'm creating this. You see what I'm saying? So procreation was not just a word to, hey, make babies. There's a purpose to having babies. There's right. a purpose. There's a finished end for that, right? So when you're procreating, when, when God's telling us to do this, be fruitful and multiply, there's a reason, there's a purpose to creating. And if you don't have a purpose to creating, you know what you're doing? You're wasting energy and time. You're being lazy, actually, Right. And uh, Benjamin Franklin once says, I've been using this quote a lot. Never confuse motion with action. Never confuse motion with action, right? It's easy to watch people do and create, but are they procreating? Are they doing it with a purpose and intent? And God always does things with a purpose and intent. He never leaves us hanging. You know what I mean? There's a reason why we have to create things and why he puts things on our heart, you know? Absolutely. I don't even know why I read all that. I hope that helped you. (laughs) That's a great look. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) so in a lot of societies the number of strong and fierce men was a good deterrent the more children you had the more solid your tribe or community appeared to the rest of the region so think about it this way if china china had means to move all of their military into a foreign region that region would most likely be in trouble think about that that's true you know and and that's just a thought if China has what one one point seven billion people or something. Could you imagine if all of those men who were of age for war were trained and ready? They would take over the world if they could move all of those men. Totally. And and that whole old cliche Japanese general saying, "And we can't attack America because there's a gun behind every blade of grass." Well, you need a man behind every gun. <laughs> so right. if we don't have any men behind the guns the guns or, or strong silent. women strong women but women, it, women shouldn't have to yeah women will disagree with me on this 
they, they may, they shouldn't have to. They're not built for war. They're, they're, they're built for life. Yep. Continuing the life process, right. nourishing and, and nurturing life. They're, they're built in a different way. This goes back to the whole expendable thing. I'm built to die for the tribe, for the group. That's just part That's of it. That's comforting. Yeah, isn't it? You know, it's I accept my fate. <laughs> you know, we're just we're born, we live, we procreate, we die. Sounds very animalistic. Well, I mean, <laughs> a lot of hope here, folks. So, so in procreation across cultures, the man is expected to make the first move. Okay, this isn't just an American thing. This is not just a, a modern culture thing. This this was across cultures, right? As civilizations developed religious and moral codes, the energy was put into competition for women and beating out other suitors. So at first it was find your woman however you need to procreate. But as, as morality and religion develop, that, that changed into, okay, well, I can't just go raid that village for the woman because I can't find one in this village. It now becomes, okay, now I've got to compete as a suitor to find a woman that's a woman that's willing to choose me. And guess what type of standards women use to determine whether or not she's going to pick a man? Will he protect? Will he provide? Will he be able to procreate? And the, and the whole sexual thing in across these cultures was a very important your performance. And a lot despite what people think the myth, a lot of these cultures the women determine okay, how will crass but how well can he satisfy? If he can't satisfy, we'll mock him. We'll ridicule him. Yeah, and you're ready for that. We'll shame him. Yep. Yeah. yeah, Because that's that's that next standard for men. Now, I'm not saying you're you're not a man if if you have issues in that area, but well, that just proves Monsanto's on the move and it's hindering you. <laughs> Left feet. Just, just it's Monsanto's there. fault. Just threw that in there. Our food sucks. It does. Get it really grass fed. Does. Start going organic. Think, and you look at the the sperm count of men as well as the testosterone yeah, count. Because this is real. Yeah, it's it's devastating men, devastating us. Did you ever see? It was one of those far left. Uh, it might have been BuzzFeed. It was like five years ago or something. They had four guys that were competing for how low their testosterone level was. It was like a beta male competition. Why are we in the stage where this is something that we want to do is compete for how how little testosterone do you have? As though it's a good thing. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Go no, for no, it. No, no, no. I just I, I just, you know, do you want I mean you think about men too, right? Like the the women were never designed for them to to lead the family. It just wasn't in the cards. Now it happens. But that wasn't in the cards. That wasn't what God wanted, right? Now, situations happen, deaths, whatever. But like, it's was never meant to be. And you got to think to yourself, dude. If primal is like a, a again, another crass word, like a sexy virtue. Like it's yeah. like a, it's a dominance thing. Like I can, yeah. but I won't because I have the fruit of the spirit in me. But I can. Yeah, I can go do this. You know, do those things. But I don't because the Lord hasn't. You know. I have I want to watch out for my fellow neighbor, my man, you know, my fellow man, stuff like that. But dude, when crap hits the fan, I shut things off and I go and I go do and I go protect. I mean, that's a that's a that's a virtue that's needs to be inculcated more, right? Yeah. And I, I think our culture has unfortunately um skewed how people view what they're looking for. Um, because things are so comfortable in our culture, in our society, that there's no need anymore for the man to actually prove himself and that's it's very dangerous because we're we're losing men we're not creating men anymore because there's no necessity to it exactly we don't, we don't see the necessity right exactly 100 and it's been recognized in other cultures and seems to be showing itself in our culture that when the two other p's become weak okay protection and provision as pillars of manhood the third becomes all important so sex is often the lowest hanging fruit since it involves the least amount of risk and work in a real sense. So in America, very few serve in the military or the police, meaning that a warrior and protector is, isn't a, a real danger 
necessity, right? Where we feel very protected, very safe in general. So that, that warrior part of us doesn't need to come out. And since women are half of the workforce, you could argue that providing has lost its unique man quality, leaving only sex. So in sex is a weak pillar on its own. Men get focused on it. They find they can achieve it without any risk that's involved, AKA porn. And, and so now you get men that, well, I don't even need a woman anymore. Yep. That's why they isolate. Yeah. They isolate and they, they, they end up getting distracted. It takes their focus off and attention. You're no longer a provider, protector, none of that, right? It's all about you at this point. Yeah. And dude, that stuff will kill you, man. Yes, it will. That and, stuff will kill you. And if you chase it more and more, you give up the provider, protector roles. Not to mention all the health benefits that happen when you're in it so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, what, the things that, that can happen to your, 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 your mentality, how you think about women, how you think about God, yeah. right? Uh, physical deterrence, all those things happen because you are not using it the way God had intended for it, right? And it actually has the same effect on your brain as cocaine, right? And people people don't yeah. talk about this. Like it it destroys the same areas of your brain that cocaine does. It's it's physically destroys your brain. It it reduces gray matter in the prefrontal cortex. Wow, which is the area for judgment. And, and moral decision-making and all of that. And I don't think we do enough service of how dangerous this, yep. this stuff is because we tend to go the moral route. We tend to right. say it's immoral for you to look at women like the, it's wrong for you. And then we, we tend to give kind of passing words to the fact that it, it's very physically damaging as well. Yeah. And when man gives into his own lust and lust doesn't always mean sexual lust could mean a thirst for power, right? right. A lust for power. So then they get in their emotions, they go for anger. What always happens? A dictator, some 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 kind of character who thinks that they own everybody, right? And they dominate. What happens when they're in sexual lust, right? They end up becoming perverted yeah. and it ends up rape, whatever, whatever happens, right? But they take themselves so far. So men were never meant to consume themselves on their own lusts. They were never that that's why what happens when you look at your lust yourself, you're this. Right. We were we were always meant to look outward. We were always supposed to look out for the, for, for, for the things of others, the Bible says. When we have a wife, we're supposed to watch out for them. Love them as Christ loved the church. Love your children. So when you're doing those things, you're not focused on the lusts of yourself. And God always provides for the man, even in the little things, dude. Yeah. He always provides. And when you're doing that, you know, your, your wife's going to be happy with you. You know, your kids will, will, will honor you. They just will. I'm, I'm proof. My wife loves me, dude. My kids honor me. Now, are they perfect? No. No, no relationship is. My children, my wife included. But it's like the moment I put everything down and said, no, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be their dad. And I'm going to be her, her husband. I'm going to be the leader, right? Because yeah. it's easy to go do ministry. I did it for years, but I neglected my kids. Moment I put all that away and it's like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on, dude, she started to like, it wasn't that she didn't love me. She started to respect me more and to like, to, to, to honor me more. Yeah. So are my kids, you know? And I think, I think there's, if we look at these three areas, there is the good and the bad, right? And, and so if you produce selfishness, in each of these areas, it destroys. So in the, the procreate, if there's, if you produce selfishness in this area, it becomes lust, right? It becomes seeking after and just taking and, and all of that provisions the same way. If you produce selfishness in the provision aspect, you're, you're now just consuming wealth for yourself. Truth. You're, you're not hundred percent. And, and we'll get into that in the provision thing is there's, there's a really good sign of, the direction of why you're you're enacting the provision aspect, right? But protect is the same way. Physically dominating and and warrior spirit is not meant to go fight at a bar. True. And a lot of times the coolest heads in the bar are the guys who know how to fight. The guys who have been trained up. They're the coolest head in the bar. The guy who's acting wild, the guy who's loud and boisterous and pushing everybody, all of that, that's the guy who doesn't know how to fight. Yep, truth. And and so there is a selfishness, selfless aspect to all of these that we have to be careful of and really measure ourselves by. We have to measure ourselves and be honest with ourselves. What are our skills in these areas? And and how, how honest are we going to be with ourselves? Come on, dude. That's the key question. How honest will you be with yourself in order to change? Yeah. 
like it's don't be ashamed of where you're not at run to the cross and have confidence in it okay lord i'm not where i need to be but you can do a lot in a day and you can do a lot in a year and you can do a lot in 10 years you know and and stop telling yourself that just because you think about it therefore you are you know a lot of guys think well i've watched a lot of uh kung fu movies and i think about it so (laughs) therefore i am no you're not that's your example hey why not (laughs) Yeah, but but I'm guys you're, guys you're, have a gun in the right, closet right. and they think, well, if an intruder breaks in, I'll I'll shoot him. Okay, what about when your heart beats a uh, hundred and fifty beats per minute, and your vision is narrowing in, and you can't catch your breath, and you've never been through that situation, so you don't know what do you do. You run right through the door? Do you stay behind the door? Are your kids across the hall? What do you do? Right? Do you just shoot wildly into the neighbor's house because you're not aiming? You're not understanding? Like. You you don't step up, and and this is a, a military police adage. You 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 don't step up, you fall back on your weakest training. I agree. So be well trained and be yeah. honest with yourself of how well trained are you in these areas. Yeah, I mean even uh, I look at certain disciplines of men. You know, like how disciplined they are, and it's really uh, inspiring. You know, yeah. like a lot of these things. Now I I'm disciplined in my work. Definitely disciplined in my work. Definitely when I come home, I'm more I'm getting more and more disciplined with my kids, like just making sure that they're okay and yeah. hearing out my wife and all those kind of things. But now, like if I can get those down, then I can work on another discipline and another discipline. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of what discourages men is I have to do this tomorrow. And you can set yourself on a certain path, right? But focus on where you need to be disciplined to get rid of your lusts and your flesh. And then those other things will start to flush themselves out. But put yourself in a pattern, right? In a position in, in a pattern position. It all starts with your your thoughts, right? Yeah. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So either either you think overcomer, okay, I'm not that. That's Satan's distraction. I fell into it for way too long. Now's the time for me to move forward. God created me this way. He created me with these procreate, provide, you know, those kinds of yeah. protect. So Lord, help me to do those things. You know what I mean? You'll fail. You will until you become that man. And that that there's a rule of one percent every day, and I think it's a great rule. It's, Stop! Stop trying to do all of it the next day. Yeah, dude. Just do one percent. Crap! You know, like you think about how long did it take Noah to build that boat? You know, how long did Rome take to be built? Yeah. America. You know, it's steps, man. Steps every day. And it's so easy in today's culture. I, I, it sounds like an insult, but it really is. Like, it's so easy because nobody's doing it. There's so. So if you just start on the step. You just start the process. You're already ahead of yep. how many men in, yep. in America. Yep. And it inspires others too. Yeah. You know, I mean? you know they, we pay attention to, to people who inspire us, who we admire. Yep. And I, I, to my dying day, I believe in the concept of you are the average of the five people around you. So if the five people around you are all sitting on the couch, eating Doritos, watching TV for four hours a day, that's what you are. If the five people around you are starting businesses, they're working out in the morning, they're they're doing gun gun and self-defense training, they're loving their wives, they're they're taking care of their children, that's what you're gonna be. Bingo. Let's get into the provide we section. Move on to provide. Provision. So provision is easily the most of our day to day. This is really the biggest part, because how often do you actually have to physically protect your family? How often are you actually procreating, not just practicing? So the best part is most often provision embraces our creativity and our ability to create something. This is the whole produce versus consume construct. We're men. We can turn chaos into order. We can tame nature. We can turn raw materials into life and something of value. This is the whole reason Locke talked about what you put your hands to and what you produce is yours, private property. Because as a man, we're built to take raw materials and produce something from them. We find the most satisfaction out of producing order from chaos. So each man has the opportunity to provide not only to his family, but to the community, making up for possible weaknesses in other areas. So some one guy might be great at making furniture. Another guy is great at growing food. Well, guess what? You need a table to eat that food on. So the guy makes the table. He trades it for food. And so therefore, both of you have tables. Both of you have food. And it's very important for us as guys to understand, look, there is value in the work that we do because it's necessary. 
It truly is necessary. And we can, we can have pride in serving others by providing. And not everybody can fight, but they can give back and create. Okay? And provision is also connected to solving problems. So there's plenty of mythologies that include the element of gifted problem solving. You know the example that I actually used is who, who fulfills all of these is James Bond. Uh-huh. Now, now a lot of people, misogynists, all that. Yeah, we could argue that the, the sexual side of him, it was not for procreation. It was, but he was very good at it. That whole concept, he was very good at attracting women. But he was also physical. He could protect others very well. But then there's that problem side, problem-solving side of James Bond. Think about it. He provided answers to the problems. Major problem, he would have a creative solution to get through it. You know, MacGyver. MacGyver was the epitome of taking random elements and solving a problem. He could create a nuclear reactor with a paperclip and a rubber band. MacGyver. (laughs) MacGyver. I miss that show. And think about creativity is really being like God. Same time, God is giver of life, the ultimate physical force, aka giver of life and death, and a creator, a provider. I think we got to get outside of this mindset that provision is just going, earning your paycheck, and coming home. That's how you provide. Provision is creativity. Again, those are the characters of God, right? You just said it. God is a giver of life, the ultimate physical force, aka giver of life and death, right? We We can take life. It's just not upright we can't murder right right right. but we have the ability to if we're jerks you know what i mean so we can do a lot of these things god can too but like outside of him nothing's perfect so it's it's funny because we're reading the the whole provision part i kill what i eat that's just how this works it's always been that way that's why sales has turned into hunting you know what i mean it's like you kill what you eat that's how it is right and it's that that drive in man to like man i gotta go achieve more i gotta go get the bigger better you know yeah better client i gotta go get that bigger thing right because i've already achieved this level i'm gonna go up another level those aren't bad traits it's just when they make when they become your idol is when they become bad traits yeah and that's that's that selfish aspect um and and we'll get more into that in a second Uh, did you know that the one income household was not actually the norm in any culture so at any time even in the 1950s, 33% of women worked outside the home. So even up to the last decade, the ratio of male to female contribution was the same across cultures and time. It's calculated that women contribute 30 to 40% of substance in all kinds of societies from the most primitive to modern. So in pre-modern times, the percentage was gathering while the men hunted. Women were responsible for the majority percentage of child rearing, though men were more involved then than they are now. If you think about it, because we're at the office now, whereas back then it was you go out and hunt, then you come back and you're with the family for a while. So why is this so important for men? So men hunt, let, let's, men hunt, they protect in battle, they do the physical thing. Men's bodies are built to hunt, women's are not. Now think about this. Men go, man goes out and hunt, he kills a deer. That deer is the majority of calories that are brought back to the tribe. Mm. If the woman gathers a bucket of vegetables, useful, important, but that one deer is going to provide so much more sustenance than the bucket of vegetables will. <laughs> higher risk, higher reward. Right. And so that's that. The hunt itself is risky and fraught with danger, especially in the jungles or on the African plains. But if you got some beef stew that you can incorporate those veggies in, now everybody's happy. The meat and all meat, of it meat and potatoes yeah the meat and pota- i got that line from someone else but it's such a funny line meat and potatoes and so that deer provides proteins and fats as opposed to vitamins fibers and carbs which you need the proteins and fats right so we're, we're not saying therefore the man is more important but we're saying that that job that that's where that whole provision idea comes from right now women 30 to 40 percent men are still 60 to 70 percent and it's a risky venture. And so that, that risk-taking happens across all three areas. And it's so important for a man to understand, to embrace the idea of risk and competitiveness. Because that's how you're going to up your standards. 
and these cultures to go to the protective measure idea, it wasn't even necessary that you had to win the fight, the, the, the show of your, your strength, right? Mm -hmm. If you were wrestling or fighting with another tribe member, a lot of tribes, it didn't matter whether you win or lost. It was how you fought. Did you get back up? Did you keep going? Were you persistent? Were you strong and courageous? That mattered. Now the guy who won got a little bit higher status because, Hey, he did all that plus one, but the guy who lost still had respect because he stood in there. Right. He did it. Right. And we see it today of like, there's more respect given even to the man who stood in and won or stood in and lost than the man who said, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not going there. I, why? We, we don't respect fear and we should not anymore, you know, you know yeah. and, and we should. Yeah. So work is a civic duty with men producing and using that production. This, this was something that really convicted me production, whether hunting or creating to spread to others in the community. Right. Dependence is not considered a manly trait. Production is a sign that a man is therefore independent. It creates a man autonomy and the ability to act on their own with their own goals, decision, create goals, pacing, and succeeding. The more production as well, the more generous the man is expected to be across cultures. The common standard for men is to become successful as possible and then share that with a larger yeah. society. You think about that in a tribal sense. It's so true. I'm not saying capitalism is wrong. I'm not going the communist route. It's just true that we're expected when we, as, as we gather, as, as we grow, as we're successful to share, to be uh, selfless, to, to be philanthropic, to, to spread the wealth to the others. That may be in business creation. Maybe you create a business and you hire more people, hire more people, hire more people. You, you provide jobs and life for other people. Yeah, that is a way of spreading the wealth as opposed to taking all of the profits, keeping the company a certain size. You know, now I'm, I'm making a judgment call, but to me, hey, spread, grow. I mean, dude, you know? if 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 you can use your traits as a man to benefit somebody else, you've used it correctly. Yeah. If you're a stud, you're a man, you know what you're doing. You want to help others. This is you know what I mean? You're yeah. using your, your, your gifts for industry, all that kind of stuff. It is good. God has created it for that. But this whole series is like, are we really being men? You know what I mean? And it's not the, I'm not going to, you know, put our, you know, arm juice on. I'm not going to do, you know what I mean? It's not getting up and putting a bandana and beating your chest outside in the morning like Rambo. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Manhood is internal and it produces external. It's internal first. You know what yeah. I mean? And it produces the external. And you don't have to front. You don't have to, you know, people use their words a lot these days. That's why the Bible's clear, man. Let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Real men love in deed and in truth. For deeds first, though, then truth. Yes. They'll show it first, and then they'll be like, you know, let me let me match what I'm doing by what I'm, you know, let me match what I what, what what I say by what I do, right? And I'll tell you what I'm doing, you know, instead of like I'm doing what I'm saying, you know, it's it's reversed. Therefore, like I said, the other podcast too was that the sacrifice isn't you dying for something. That's easy. Actually, the Bible talks about that. It's actually pretty easy to die for something. Yeah. It's but are you actively living for that thing every day, disciplining yourself to the things of God, disciplining yourself to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, disciplining yourself to know the things of the Lord and to know your children, your wife, protect, provide all. Those are you doing those necessary? That's harder. Mm -hmm. That's a sacrifice. That's obedience, uh, you know, sacrificial obedience. So it's easier to almost die. That the sacrifice wasn't the death, it's actually them in their heart wanting to die wanting to live for this thing and knowing that they would die in the process they could you know that's the real like love that's the real courage that's the real sacrifice you know that's yeah. the real pith of it you know what i mean it's that desire to want to do that you, you know it so so manhood has really clearly left the, the 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 state in a lot of ways but it's coming back and you know what's funny it's a really popular teaching why because men know it we know it we we we're aware that something's lacking and I'm sure a big part of that is because we're, we're a fatherless nation. In a lot of respects, we're a fatherless nation. So we weren't trained up in these, these traits and, and say what you want about older times, the, the problems or the issues, but 
when you look at that picture like on D-Day, those were men. They they knew they were going to die. They knew it. They and just went in, you know what I mean? They did what they had to do. They took the ultimate risk. There's this uh, documentary, you, you know, Band of Brothers, right? And, yeah. and uh, Spears says something to the to the private, and he says, uh, Blythe, he goes, you hid in this bunk, you, you hid in this trench because you think there's still hope. He said, but when you realize that you're already dead, then you can truly function like a soldier. It's like, oh, man. It's so true. Like, I'm dead. Now I can fu- now I can live as a soldier. Now exactly. I can live and function and be free through it, right? And uh, I think, too, again, this masculinity stuff is kind of a popular uh, uh, teaching. It could be due to the fatherless and all that other stuff. But notice back in the day, too, dude, our militia was stronger number-wise in a lot of ways than the colonial army was. Yeah. And it wasn't that they were trained professionals. It was just... All right, let's go fight. Yeah. Grab our guns. Come on. You know they, what I mean? Farmers. Protected. Yeah, yeah. They're just people, everyday people. They went out and said, you know what? We got to go do this. Yeah. And they were called up and not everybody volunteered, but a lot did. And we went out and, you know, fought and God was with us. And it's got to be the same today. So you may think, man, I was never taught these things. Yeah. God, he says, ask of wisdom. If you, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God, he says, he'll give it to you. Right. He wants you to be a man. He told you this is the this is the way I want you to do it. I want you to procreate, provide all those things and protect. I want you to. do. So if he wants us to do it, then he'll tell us how to do it. Right. Exactly. So, guys, uh, so we're ending this right now. Go to the self evident truth dot com. Find out more information about what we're doing, why we're doing it, how we're doing it. So you guys can be a part. Please be a monthly sponsor. Be a torchbearer right down below. You see that right down right there. Right. Yeah. Right here. So that's crazy because I'm looking at the camera here, but the screen is over here. So I'm trying to he, <laughs> this area right here whoa shoot there we go right there uh be a torchbearer be a monthly sponsor guys we need your help we need 100 people we're, we're asking 100 people to donate 50 dollars a month which will hit the goal i think we're, we're probably 10 deep right now so we're, we're going to continue to do that it, it's and, and god's faithful he's so faithful to us and he'll get it we'll get it done and and, and god will keep opening up doors so guys keep keep looking for these podcasts we love doing the content um and we'll see you this friday right. we're live right yeah and then yeah, yeah. Then yeah, we'll see ya. Yeah, love you, man. <laughs>